This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. I said no thank you. You don't want a cucumber? No. How come? I don't like them. I fucking love cucumbers. You don't like cucumbers? That's what, Is that not what I said? You said I don't like them, but I don't know what that means. It means I don't like cucumbers. <laughs> Ooh, a little ASMR for you. Okay. <laughs> mm, <sorry. laughs> Hello, Monica. Hey, cucumber hater. Oh, so that's how it is now. Sorry about it. <laughs> how are you today? Refreshed. Thank you. Refreshed. Cuked up. Cuked up and ready, ready to, to go. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I actively dislike cucumbers. Sometimes I'll, um, are, what are they? Like the Persian cucumbers? Those are the little ones, right? Oh, I hate those. I like those a lot. Especially like when them. you cover them in like lemon juice or lime juice or, and salt. These are covered in lime juice. I don't like normal cucumbers. I just, I can't explain it to you, okay? I'm okay. going to stop eating them just for our listeners. Not for you. <laughs> for our you. listeners. Thank you. You don't deserve me to stop eating these. <laughs> so, today. Today. Today we're talking about a big fave. Yeah. Um. <laughs> honestly, he... um. He is like my, I've always seen him as a father figure. <laughs> I will be your father figure. I will be your preacher, teacher. <laughs> All the time. Oh, God, I love that song. Oh, so good. George Michael was, in fact, talking about Colin Firth, who is who we're talking about. <laughs> in Incredible. <laughs> I wish that's who that song was about. Imagine. Can you believe? I, I would believe. I would believe and I would worship. Because I want him to be my father figure. I want him to be my preacher teacher. <laughs> Except that song makes it also like sexual. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I kind of want both from Colin Firth too. Maybe. Not going to lie. What a man. Be my dad and... You know, be my preacher, comma teacher. <laughs> I was gonna say be my dad and my daddy, but that oh, felt like a little no, no, it felt like no, a little no. much. No, 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 no. And with that, I'm gonna go into a little back, backy, backy, bat. Let's back it up. Uh, some background on Colin Firth. Colin Firth is the English daddy, the only one, the only English mm-hmm. daddy. Poised, subtle, classy, wonderful. He makes her knees weak and her eyes well up. What a man. The British actor is especially known for his portrayals of aloof characters who gradually shed their reserve to become emotionally available. You know, that's that's pretty true. Yep. Notably, Mr. Darcy in a, t- in a television adaptation of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, a little Petey Predge, 1995, and the future King George VI in The King's Speech in 2010, for which he won the Academy Award. He also plays less him. Serious roles that stole our hearts, like Mark Darcy in the Bridget Jones movies and Harry Bright in the seminal hit classic <laughs> movie musical Mama Mia. Mama Mia, baby. Indeed. Yes, we love a versatile daddy. He's also an actual daddy to three young Firths. Ah, young Firths. Young Firths. <laughs> that is Colin Firth. We love him. You know him. We don't know him personally. We act like we do. We don't. And he is our legend actually monica i know we just gave colin firth's bio but i forgot we have a big correction to make oh yeah (laughs) before we get too far into colin firth's movies so 
Take it away, Jessica. In the discussion of Something's Gotta Give in the Jack Nicholson episode, we neglected to neglected. mention a key part of that film. A key role. <laughs> the, the, the best part of the whole say, movie is that John Favreau had a cameo. A cameo! <laughs> and we didn't fucking mention it. Can we, you believe? We didn't mention it. I did post it on the Instagram <sighs> when I was watching the movie. So some of you probably caught that. But um, yeah, so we both had our notes on it. And just we were like, we mm, just, we'll get to it. And we never got to it. Because there was so much to talk about Jack. But it is no excuse. <sighs> no excuse no to excuse. omit our patron saint daddy, John Favreau. Exactly. So John Favreau makes a cameo appearance as... um jack nicholson's assistant. assistant and so when jack nicholson has the heart attack his assistant leo is his name mm-hmm. comes to the hospital to see him and he's fucking hilarious oh, so good it's a very small cameo yeah keanu reeves just like asks him what he does and he's like you know a little personal assistant a little chef a little party planning whatever the man needs <laughs> It is an iconic line. It's iconic. And then he gets like really afraid that Jack Nicholson is like dying. And so he's (laughs) He's like, like, can I hug him? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Anyway, we just wanted to give that baby correction. Uh, It is incredible. That little baby cameo. Uh, He's so good. I love a surprise John because he is a surprise. And he has a lot of surprise little roles in a lot of movies. Oh, definitely. Like that's when I felt when I watched Elf, you know? Oh, 100%. 100%. good. Mm, we we're, we're so sorry john we're sorry that john. we forgot about you sorry john sorry we'll never forget about you again ever again <laughs> ever ever again okay so back to colin colin the first movie we're going to talk about with colin Firth, because so so the movies we're talking about do happen within the same like 10 year period but yeah. he has he has done a lot of things, but he hasn't done a lot of things in which he is the lead and has gotten like recognition for. Nay. So a lot of movies that just kind of like slid under the radar, everything you know him for is somewhat recent. Um and so therefore Colin Firth's immense fame is also somewhat recent. Yeah. <laughs> It's in the past like decade or so, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, like people people saw him in Pride and Prejudice and they were like, oh, he's great. He's but, then, <laughs> but then he went Take on to do me. movies where he either like wasn't the lead or like didn't do that well. So like I remember him in Bridget Jones, but that's not his movie. No, it's not his movie. Exactly. It's Renee's movie, bitch. Exactly. Step aside. Maybe we'll do that one day. Oh, yeah. Probably. Okay. Anyway, so the first movie we're going to talk about is A Single Man. 2009. 2009 directed by tom ford written by tom ford and david searcy based on the book by christopher isherwood uh a little bit of clarification on all of those names yes it is tom ford the designer jessica uh told me that when i asked her so i'm going to go ahead and say that that is true facts yeah from what i hear tom ford was actually always interested in film and wanted to be a filmmaker from the beginning and then kind of fell into design later but still wanted to do film. how do you fall into design i mean i don't think he literally fell into it how do you fall into a design how do you fall into being one of the biggest designers uh christopher isherwood was also the author of cabaret Mm-hmm. or the, well, the, the book, well, that, inspired the book that inspired cabaret which is welcome goodbye to berlin and <laughs> so, berlin stories and both of them. berlin stories yeah yeah yeah. uh and i don't know who david cersei is or Cersei. apparently he was a lawyer who dabbled in screen in writing screenplays. Ah, a fellow dabla <laughs> we love a dabla we love a dabla fellow dabla thank you so much <laughs> okay so here's um 
a synopsis of the movie. Mourning the loss of his partner, Jim, George Falconer, played by Colin Firth, an English professor working in Los Angeles, is finding life increasingly difficult to face. After being ignored by the family of his partner upon his death, George has now decided to end it all by committing suicide. While preparing for his departure, George encounters some of the people he has met during his time in Los Angeles, and they notice a change in the man. Whoa. This is a really heavy movie. <laughs> it's very, it is categorized as a drama on Netflix and I believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a really heavy movie. It only, it takes place over the course of one day. Yes, um, which I found very surprising given it's, it's like an hour 40, right? Hour 49, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I love, okay. Yeah, full, full <laughs> disclosure. Okay. Very quickly, yeah. full disclosure, I have never seen this movie, mm-hmm. and I just watched it this week for this episode, yes. and I have not read the book, didn't know the book existed. Jessica has a very <laughs> different experience with this movie, which we must disclaim. Yes. So, this is one of my favorite books, like top five. Mm-hmm. Um I I love the book, but I also love the movie. Mm -hmm. The book and the movie are not the fucking same. And I have a few issues with it in regards to this film because this movie, it was, I mean, the book was written in the 60s. It's written by a gay man. Okay. uh, And it's about a gay man and the loss of his his partner. Mm -hmm. They've been together for like 16 years or something. Yeah. And so in the 60s, this book was like super important, super revolutionary because it was about, firstly, it was about gay men and gay love. In the 60s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it takes place, the movie and the book both take place in the 60s. Okay. And so it's about that, which is number one reason why it was like super revolutionary. And number two, it was a gay narrative where the the gay person didn't feel accepted, didn't feel like they could be them full selves and on top of it lost their lover and weren't contemplating suicide as an answer to that so suicide is literally not in the book oh wow not a once the movie is entirely about suicide i was gonna say the whole reason that the movie is yes. even a movie is because he's <laughs> like putting himself in a sleeping bag the entire <laughs> movie die. is about suicidal ideation suicidal planning and I think to change a story at its core so drastically is a little bit of like a like why why even make a movie based off of a book when right. you're changing it at such a, a deep Drastic level. Drastic level, yeah. And then also Tom Ford, like don't give me this movie is stunning. It's also an amazing movie, but it doesn't fucking do the book justice. And I guess you can be someone who doesn't care about that or mm-hmm. who says like, sure, he can do his own adaptation. Mm-hmm. But like I don't think you're adapting a story if you're changing it at such a core value. Right. Personally, I think you're changing what it means and thus in a way, like kind of disrespecting what the author intended. Right. Absolutely. He did this on purpose. He purposefully wanted, you know, it to be vague as to whether the main character lived or died and to make it clear that while he was having a hard time, he wasn't thinking of ending his life. Mm -hmm. He wanted to live. And so to change Change it like that made me kind of sad when I first saw the movie. Oh, the movie, though, however, because we'll get back to just talking about the movie is amazing. It, um, I would say it's because from what you tell me about the book, mm-hmm. I would say it's 
I wouldn't necessarily call it the same, necess- like the same source material. Yeah. I would just, I, I think we should maybe talk about the book or not the book, the movie out of relation to the book. Oh, 100%. I just, when I first saw this, my viewing was very, very colored by my experience with the book. Absolutely. And I get like a little sad when I realize that like Tom Ford made an incredible movie, but he made an incredible movie that like disregarded the truth of the source material, which then why are you even using it as source material? And Tom Ford has said, he's like, this movie is deeply autobiographical for me. And I was like, it's autobiographical because you manipulated it into something that it wasn't intended. Yeah, I think that this, you know, aside from Colin Firth's excellence in this movie, Mm -hmm. it really brings up the argument of like the, the, you know, movie versus book debacle yeah and also tailoring book like source material to fit your own agenda yeah whether or not tom ford had an agenda um (laughs) i think it's really important to acknowledge like directors have that kind of power screenwriters have that kind of power yeah like i think to a certain extent source material should be able to be manipulated manipulated but not to the extent that this movie has done yeah i think that to a point in order to make the story if, if it makes the story more relevant sure or more accessible yeah i'm fine with that yeah i'm fine with the with the source material being tailored to fit that mold mm-hmm. however when you take away key components of the story in order to manufacture a new voice mm-hmm. that's when it kind of irks me which yeah. happens a lot yeah. <laughs> which happens a lot and that's why there is a whole movie versus book debacle mm-hmm. because that happens all the time and enough is enough end book movie debacle 2020 (laughs) just respect the source material just do it nike 2021 or make your own fucking movie or make your own movie tom ford could have could have just as easily been like inspired by a single man yeah yeah yeah. not based (laughs) upon exactly not based upon it could have been inspired by the true story in a single man yeah and he could have been like i wrote this very autobiographical story that is tinged with a little bit of sprinklage mm-hmm. of a singleman. Yeah, exactly. So that's what, where we'll end the discussion of the book versus the movie. But because because it affected my opinion of the movie so much, I, I could not say it. You know what I mean? So now, just on to Colin Firth as an actor in this movie. Um like fucking incredible i think i mean he got he got an he got an oscar nomination for this role yes he did rightfully so he didn't win you like right off the bat you know that this is a man who is putting on a good face but also like barely existing at the same time um really quick yeah i just want to jump in in on that point because you made a very very good point you and your horns Mm um (laughs) i'm wearing devil horns again um i just want to say Colin Firth has this incredibly um, calming quality to the way that he approaches his lines. And I think a lot of it comes from like a really deep place. I don't want to say that it's like, you know, because aloof can be aloof and you can't, you don't have to try very hard to to be that way. Yeah. Um, It's actually very easy. A lot of, a lot of like, like actors who are not incredibly seasoned can play that very well. Yeah. Um, However, the reason why Colin Firth is so special is because he can, what he does on camera is kind of magical. Yeah. Where he goes into this really, it's, it's, I 
Ghost of Forest is called like a very secret place that like you cannot access as the viewer. As the audience member, he does not allow you to see what's inside. Mm -hmm. He shows you the very, he shows you the essence of what's inside and then closes you off to the details. Yeah. And I think that that is incredibly difficult to achieve as an actor. And not only that, but to be able to on camera internalize all of because he plays a lot of like like you know tortured characters yeah so to be able to be on camera and embody and internalize all of that torture and like all of that pain i think is really interesting because what you see on the outside is an incredibly put together calm human being and that almost makes it even worse yeah that almost makes the person seem even more strung out or wired or tortured or upset or destroyed like without him like full-on sobbing and like screaming and yelling at the top at the top of his lungs like you see all of that just in his eyes and just in his face and his and in his really calm demeanor yeah you he you can't read him at all period (laughs) at fucking all like and like on the one hand, I guess you could be like, well, it's really easy not to emote, but I like in that's not true. In subject matter like <laughs> this, like true. that's not true at all because he's going through something like he's going through something very, very traumatic and so traumatic that he's going to end his own life and yet gives like no cues. But there has to be, there is at least like a small shift, a shift small enough for people around him to start noticing. Absolutely. Um, like his, his student notices, his student notices, his, his friend of many years notices mm-hmm. his like female friend of many years. Played beautifully by Julianne. Oh, uh, she's so good. in this. <laughs> she's so fucking good. In she this plays movie. like the, um, I wouldn't, I would say like the, like a really old version of the manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. She's like a, like a 40, 50 something. Yeah. Um, like British lady who like you definitely used to be like a party girl and still is trying to hang on to those days and and is very like flighty and like oh yeah could you imagine had we had we fallen in love at the time we could have been something we could have been something like and but also she represents like the people of that time i mean there are still people like this now who can't even if they are quote-unquote accepting of like of him being gay yeah they still wish it could be different. Yes. Um, which, you know, t- specifically talking about that instance, um, the scene where he and Colin Firth and Julianne Moore, their mm-hmm. characters are lying on the ground, um, like on these like really beautifully ornate pillows, by the way. <laughs> um, because, of course, in a Tom Ford movie, it has to be like stunning. This movie looks like a fashion show in the best way. It's one of the prettiest films I've ever seen. It is seen one of the prettiest films I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they're sort of like lying on the ground and he obviously is incredibly caring towards her. It's almost as if like they have such an intimate relationship that it is almost as if they were in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Colin Firth has the ability to separate that. Like you can tell that he is absolutely not in love with this person. Yeah. He loves her. He's not in love with her. Um, And she, though she's incredibly accepting of him, she still flat, flat out says like, I wish you were not this way. Yeah. Like I cannot believe like she, she, she says something to the effect of like, it really sucks that you're gay <laughs> like because that because means we that work out. we we couldn't have worked out because yeah. you're gay and that sucks yeah and then <laughs> and then on top of that makes her emotions regarding that his responsibility absolutely which is not only unfair but also kind of fucked up yeah super fucked up 
because he's like i'm just being myself she literally tells him in that scene that like his relationship with jim was like like placeholder yeah Yeah. she says that it's a placeholder for something real and he freaked he doesn't freak freak out well he freaked out in the colin firth way yeah where he internalized it all (laughs) and was quietly explaining to her why that was not the case but you felt the fury in his chest exactly he was like well this is the way that things are and he was not the placeholder it wasn't the way it wasn't the way julianne Moore. i was in love with him i was in love with him he was my everything for 16 years Uh, oh god yeah I, I so i read a review of this movie um and a reviewer described colin firth as sensuously grieving which i felt was <laughs> like a really really accurate way of describing oh, so like good. how he moves about in this movie because mm-hmm. you're like you are charismatic you are sexy you are attractive and smooth and like people respond well to you and yet you're so tortured and sad it's just it's it's a really fascinating kind of character absolutely like i'm glad that you brought that up because i was going to say like i love the way that he just moves through the movie Mm -hmm. and i'm unsure if that's due to like a choreographer or due to a director Mm -hmm. or due to his own his own choice right i have no idea i I would assume it's like a nice cocktail a nice cocktail of all of it but he the word that came to my mind Mm -hmm. was he like slinks through life yeah like he's very slinky and like obviously very sensual (laughs) and just like it's almost like you know in that scene where he's talking to his students about how like minorities feel invisible yeah and obviously in this sense when he refers to minorities he personally is referring to like lgbtqa plus and externally he's referring to like the jews and like blonde people (laughs) and like people with freckles but you know what he's talking about exactly um but he's like they feel invisible right and i think what i love about his performance is the physicality of Mm -hmm. him moving through the world is almost like he's floating and which makes me think like immediately ghost which then makes me think immediately invisible Mm -hmm. um which i just i love that i love it when actors do the like really small things that add up to a character that really make you understand like how intentional how intentional all of it was like how believable like when he was talking about minorities feeling invisible and then him being one like walking through the earth as if he was invisible Mm -hmm. it's very it's very nice no absolutely and i think that that is why it makes the journey that his character takes in a in a 24-hour period that much more interesting Mm -hmm. because he feels invisible he feels like no one will notice when he's gone right i mean he plans everything out like he has all this documents set up so he knows that like people will find out and that well, there are things to take what i have of. to say is in the 60s it was really fucking easy to get all your <laughs> quote-unquote all your affairs in order he's walked on over to your like security deposit box and be yeah, like and lady i must have my security deposit box yeah. and she says okay hands you the key open up your shit bring it all back <laughs> nothing's online you don't have to wait five, three to five need, business days you don't need to know passwords you don't need to know anything bitch it's exactly. all paper it's all carbon copy you in <laughs> bitch get your affairs in order 24 hours done period <laughs> but yeah i think that he thinks he's more invisible than he actually is mm-hmm. because people notice, notice him. him people notice him the the neighbors across the street notice him when he he's like taking a shit and looks out the window and jennifer goodwin like waves at him and yeah. he realizes like oh she can actually see uh, me. his maid cook notices him yeah his his student the really hot guy at the liquor store his played best by friend. Yeah, yeah 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 nicholas holt plays his nicholas student. holt is 
so hot in this movie. <laughs> but he's also so young. And, like, I know, boyish. he's so young. Yeah, he makes really you feel strange. so weird about it. <laughs> but yeah, so like all these people start noticing him. But the added bonus is that him, him as a character, George, he realizes that people are noticing him. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they play with color really, really well in this movie oh, and duh, yeah. in reference to this to this concept of noticing because everything is really dark and really muted for most of the time. And then you he starts, George starts realizing like the, the life around him and mm-hmm. people noticing him and him having positive interactions with people. Mm-hmm. And then things get brighter and more saturated in those moments. And yeah. they might go back to muted and dark for a few scenes, but then, and then another interaction happens, and then mm-hmm. it lights up. And so by the end of the movie, a lot of it is pretty bright. A lot of it is pretty saturated, yeah. Because even though he's like, yes, I'm going to kill myself, he is having, he's appreciating life more um, and like recognizing what it means to be alive which is why it's so sad when he ends up dying, not because he kills himself, but because he has a heart attack. Yeah. Um, I thought that that was crazy. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, that is truly just me. I'm like, why did this have to happen? This is so stupid. Yeah. Um, but also just specifically like within Colin Firth's performance and his character, right? I think a lot of what this movie has to say about that is like impact. Mm -hmm. It's like no matter who you are, no matter like how invisible you might feel like you are still leaving a footprint on other people. Mm -hmm. Like you are still, you know, for lack of a better like analogy, you you are still a cog in the machine. Like if you are gone, people will notice Mm -hmm. things will stop working. People will hurt. Like that's the whole, I think a lot of what the movie has to say is like, no matter who you are, no matter how you feel inside and no matter what you think society perceives of you and no, obviously no matter how a society like actually perceives mm-hmm. you in this case in the 60s and to some extent now i think that a lot of a lot of what the movie has to say is like your impact is still significant yeah whether or not that be to the people around you or on a much larger scale and your legacy like the legacy that you leave like after that that's a thing like you gone is still you mm-hmm. it's you personified in other people yeah totally agree and colin firth conveys that really well so well <laughs> because he is his acting is very small it's really really small it's subtle um but when he has those bigger moments like when he cries in this movie Ugh. when he finds out that his that his boyfriend has died mm-hmm there are a couple other moments where he gets a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Like when he finally lets himself like laugh and enjoy hanging out with, with Charlie, mm-hmm. um, Julianne Moore. Mm-hmm. That's what there's so much more impactful when you think about his acting style and his choices and still believable and still believable. I think, in a in some ways more believable than some other characters or actors where everything is a bit bigger. Right. Um, cause be- then you're not as impacted by it. Exactly. And it's, it doesn't feel as real. And it's, I, I think a lot of us are a lot quieter and smaller yeah. in our day to day than I mean, we think we are. No one is turned on all the time. No, <laughs> like that's not what I mean. I mean like no one is you, you don't like flip on a switch yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time. Like yeah. it just doesn't work that way. That's no. not how life is. Most of the time you sit in your own silence. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how life is. Yeah. Versus in a lot of films that you see the lead character, like the main actor is always on. Yeah. And it makes it a lot less believable when they get 
even bigger than they already are mm-hmm. versus starting from a really small place and then exploding at times where they get agitated or they get something terrible or tragic happens to them and they have to, they're forced to emote because that is the illicit response that they have. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Word. Well, that was a single man. Yeah. Incredible film, by the way. I had never seen it. So good. I'm really glad that I got to see it as a result of this. uh, Yeah. This week's. Like, I can't emphasize enough how fucking pretty this movie is. And the score is. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so romantic. Mm -hmm. It's it's romantic, but like sad. And it has that like ticking clock. Yeah. The whole time. It's almost as if like his life. They know that his life's going to end whether or not he does it. Like it's a big old. It's like, you know, that meme is like. Am I a joke to you? <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, that was a single man. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next year. The next year, 2010. <laughs> uh, a great two years for Colin Firth, honestly. Uh, on it, yeah. The that period, the the 2010. A lot of Oscars. Yeah. A lot of Oscars. Uh, not that necessarily he won for a single a singleman, mm-hmm. but uh, he, he did, did win, win for this for the King's Speech, 2010, baby, directed by. Tom Hooper? <laughs> Written by David Seedler? <laughs> Question mark? I'm so confused. Tom Hooper wrote this movie? No, directed this movie? I'm so confused. Apparently. I guess he did. Don't know why I didn't enjoy it. Th- I'm just kidding. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Colin Firth plays the future King George VI, who, to cope with a stammer, sees Lionel Logue, an Australian speech and language therapist played by Jeffrey Rush. The men become friends as they work together, and after his brother abdicates the throne, the new king relies on Logue to help him make his first wartime radio broadcast upon Britain's declaration of war on Germany in 1939. This is my least favorite kind of movie. I know. I hate a historical drama. It is one of those movies. It's, I, I will say, of all of these kinds of movies, I think that this one is more entertaining and has more like elements of humor in it than a lot of them do. I'll give it that. A lot of them are brought by, I mean, the dynamic between Jeffrey Rush, Colin Firth, and Helena Bonham Carter, who plays- Oh, wait, she was so good in this. <laughs> who plays Colin Firth's wife and then eventually the queen. The queen. Um, The three of them together, because there are a few scenes where it's all three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They create like a really, really fun- they got a fun thing going on. Got a which good dynamic. In a movie about royalty is really like, hard. It's hard and rare. Um and like his stammer, King George's stammer, is supposed to be seen as this like big hurdle. And obviously it is. That's what obviously, the fucking movie yeah, is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also like it was a it's a comedic tool, I think, for Colin Firth. <laughs> like it's a way for him to almost like joke about himself and laugh at himself. Mm-hmm. Um which brings a lot of humanity to himself as a royal, which I don't think you get to see a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The closest that I'll get to touching like historical drama with a 10 foot pole is the crown. I'm obsessed with the crown. Okay. Love the crown. Um, But I will sort of like piggyback off of that thought of, of the stammer being used as almost like a comedic device for Colin Firth. I actually really agree with that. And I found myself really enjoying the moments where he doesn't take himself too seriously as a yes. monarch. Um, because, again, like you see that so rarely. Um, even and in movies. Even in movies. Which is the time to see <laughs> to it. To see it and you don't see it. <laughs> um, I, I, what I will say is, like, Colin Firth that year winning the Oscar was very well-deserved. 
I think yeah. if not just for the King speech, but for his entire career leading up to that. Yeah. And I think that his performance as a whole throughout the entire movie, while the things around him are changing drastically, he manages to have a really slow burn mm-hmm. in his change to the end. And also the fucking speech itself. <laughs> <laughs> right. The King's speech but also the speech and the way that he speaks so his speech yes you see there's there's a double meaning here. yes <laughs> yes 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 um i think that the movie is a very well-made film yeah um i kind of see tom hooper in this movie i kind of don't it's kind of a wild card <laughs> It's fine. I enjoyed Helena in this movie quite a lot. I think she was great. And I think that her and Colin work really well together, which I never would have guessed. No. I never would have they thought. They seem like an unlikely pair. Let's put Helena Bottom Carter with Colin Firth together in a movie. I never thought that that would Mm-mm. be like a thing. And I never thought that would happen. to see them as like a playful kind of couple at moments. It's really nice. Yeah. Um, especially since she plays such like quirky characters mm-hmm. sometimes. Or not sometimes, fucking all the time. Yeah. She plays like yes. these insanely quirky characters. To see her play someone still playful, but a lot more upstanding is yeah. really refreshing. And I think she could only do it opposite Colin Firth, who is very grounding, especially mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like his world is being fucking turned upside down constantly. But I think that, he, again, he is a good, like, a good standard throughout the entire film that slowly, like, reaches his full potential. Yeah. I think Colin Firth in this movie in particular like it's interesting because I never thought that a movie about a monarch is the movie in which I would see his most vulnerable side um and like want to protect him the most (laughs) you mean you're not excited for supernova (laughs) I am excited for supernova (laughs) but um yeah I never thought that a movie about a king is the one that where I would be like uh, where I feel so bad bad for him and where I see so much of like his shame and his upset um I think bringing vulnerability to a to a role like that where like his literal job in the movie requires a lack of vulnerability in a way and a lot of authority and a lot of security that he himself doesn't have personally exactly like seeing someone with that kind of job it's i mean it's not just a job it's like it's like i don't what would you even call like being a monarch like it's it's literally like your destiny i your (laughs) your fate your it's your everything it's your uh, life it's your religion because like it's isn't it like rooted in like like religion yeah religion it's i i have a really hard time being an american uh <laughs> comprehending what like b- actually being a monarch means yeah because you can tell that in this movie it is incredibly weighty mm-hmm. like like it is it's almost like a like a de- not, not not like a death sentence but like you cannot escape it so like no. i guess destiny is a really good word to use for that yeah and so it's like it's this huge huge thing that requires like a lot of power and a lot of confidence and yet in that role is where you see his most tender vulnerable side and i think that that's really impressive um which is probably why you want a fucking academy award for it he has a lot of soft smiles in this film yeah and like when (laughs) when he just like lets himself go like in those scenes where he's trying to speak and he tries to do his speech and Jeffrey Rush tells him whenever you feel like stammering, just swear. Right. And so he, he's just like <laughs> I swearing will like crazy. 
it's fucking hilarious but it's also like such a vulnerable place to be and he commits to it so fully i i just love it i love colin Firth. i think he can honestly you can give him anything and he'll fucking crush it yeah he will crush the shit out of it um and again as much as it is not my cup of tea Mm -hmm. uh the genre of the film in in general yeah um i still found myself thoroughly enjoying it simply because colin firth brought his like extra flavor Mm -hmm. and his secret sauce to the mix he i had up until that point i had never seen him necessarily be very vulnerable yeah again because he's so like guarded in a lot of his films and although that is an exciting choice as an actor because Mm -hmm. you have like a really small place to start i think throughout the king speech him opening up and like cracking himself open for his audience is actually really refreshing and really nice yeah he's like a weird he's like a pillar of strength by the end because he has to be because it's a fucking war obvi but he's still very tender and like tender with his family Mm -hmm. um which is a really sweet side i just think it's a lovely nuanced performance of a royal which you don't get to see see a lot yeah Yeah. not even in the crown not (laughs) even in the crown you just see them being scandalous (laughs) So I guess this is a plug for Supernova and The Crown. Yeah. Supernova, if you don't know what it is, it's a film with Stanley Tucci. It's coming out soon. We're so excited We're so about excited. It. I We're think so it's going to be a new side of Colin Firth, personally. Oh, yeah. And him and Stanley Tucci, I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the King speech. I mean, I think even though it's a really um, important movie for his career and like a really interesting story if you find historical fiction historical films (laughs) interesting um it is pretty self-explanatory and i don't think um it goes much deeper than what is you know yeah i feel like if i I feel like if anyone wants to like argue and be like no it's a deeper meaning man it's a deeper meaning for something else i challenge you (laughs) I, I, i i really really do not that films need to have deeper meanings or more depth in order for them to be good. I think this is a good film. I think that, but I do think that is a very, it is very, very shallow in its, in its execution. Shallow, not necessarily having a negative connotation in this sense. Um, it's okay for a story to be simple. Yeah. I think that that's totally fine. Cause it's just re- relaying the events of, of something. I feel like that's a, a lot of the times uh, with historical films, Mm-hmm. that's sort of the case where it all it yeah. really ever does is relay the events that happen and the extent of like the dramatization is up solely up to the writers and the sure. directors um and i think this one was very like low on the scale and i actually thoroughly i thought that that was a really good it had a good level mm-hmm. um of how much dramatization was actually in it yeah um yeah it's okay for a for a movie to be simple for a story to be simple and i think that this one though it lacked lacked too much depth yeah i think still gave us a really great experience i agree i think if there isn't an area to go deeper in this movie it's with jeffrey rush's character oh definitely um but this episode isn't about him no it's not about jeffrey rush but i will say that he's incredible he got he also got nominated for an oscar for this role incredible um i i thoroughly enjoyed him in this movie so when you watch it you know it's easy to pay attention to all three of them because it's while you watch mostly it. just the three of them. exactly so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was the king's speech the king's speech both his speech and his speech <laughs> so now we're going to move to something more fun something campy 
yeah. a little. <laughs> Fun and yet something where Colin Firth is just the same. <laughs> and I want to I wanna preface this by saying I, I am not annoyed with the fact that Colin Firth is always given the same role. I am also not annoyed with that. I think he does them impeccably and there are always flavors of other things happening. There are seasonings of exactly. other things. There are other seasonings exactly. in the pot pie. But he does what he does incredibly well, which is yeah. why he gets these roles. You know, it's like, like, I'm, like I was saying, it's like a chicken pot pie. Mm-hmm. It is a very good dish. You are not going to go wrong with a chicken pot pie. No. No matter what ratio of seasonings are in the chicken pot pie. (laughs) And I think Colin Firth is like a Brit, a shepherd's pie. Right. That's like like a meat pie. Like a meat pie. Like whatever the British version of a chicken pot pie is. Sure. And it's like from different restaurants, but they're all good. Yeah. They're all good. And you're not going to hate the fucking shepherd's pie just because you always eat it at different restaurants. Exactly. It's the thing that you order. It's the thing that you always order. Mm -hmm. So enjoy it. It'll taste different wherever you go. It'll be tasty i will say though that that's why monica and i are so excited about supernova Mm -hmm. i have no idea if it's going to be a good movie or not we have no no idea (laughs) what i do think is that it's going to be an incredibly different side of colin firth um i'm sure he will still bring his firthiness but it seems like it'll be a bit more um emotional i think it'll be a lot more vulnerable akin to the king's speech but i think but in like an outwardly yeah like like emotional way i honestly like uh, none of our all of our predictions could be true and none of them could be true right i personally think that this movie will take colin firth to a place where colin firth has not been yeah which is outwardly openly emotional mm-hmm. um which i'm excited for i'm very if excited that's the yeah. case yeah to totally. go where no firth has gone before exactly um so with that our third and final movie for Colin Firth is Kingsman, The Secret Service, made in 2015, directed by Matthew Vaughn, written by Jane Goldman and Matthew Vaughn, based on the book. It's a comic book, right? The Secret Service by Mark Millar and Dave Gibbons. Woo! So, Gary Eggsy Unwin. Eggsy. His last name is Unwin? Yeah. I didn't know that. Played by Taryn Edgerton whose late father secretly worked for a spy organization, lives in a South London housing estate, and seems headed for a life behind bars. However, dapper agent Harry Hart, played by Colin Firth, (laughs) recognizes potential in the youth and recruits him to be a trainee in the Secret Service. Meanwhile, villainous Richmond Valentine, played by Samuel L. Jackson, (laughs) with a lisp, with a lisp, launches a diabolical plan to solve the problem of climate change via a worldwide killing spree. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What a plot. What a plot. Okay, first of all, I would love... This movie was loved and hated by many. I think it was very... I only heard good things about it. Tell uh, me the bad things, because I watched it for the first time this morning. I mean, the the biggest complaint Mm -hmm. about this and its sequel is the like how misogynistic it is okay which i totally understand sure i get it bunch it's a boys club totes understand that aside i think that it is a very well executed action film yeah this is an action movie i actually enjoyed it be i think a lot of the reason why we both enjoyed it because we don't necessarily like action films films all that much Speed is the only action movie for me. I really enjoy the pacifier with Vin Diesel. Um, 
But not Vin Diesel. I, but can't, not I canceled Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel for myself a long I time know. ago. It's an action movie. It's an action movie. But I think that this movie, because this movie is so crazy yeah. and the premise is so crazy and the Secret Service and the way that they operate, the Kingsman, mm-hmm. the way that they operate is so crazy and the villain is so crazy yeah. that it's it almost feels like a soap opera-y spy yeah. James Bond with the added twist of brits it's almost like an alternate universe yeah like an all like if james bond were campier yeah yeah they're like unapologetically so there is an element of camp in this movie i think it tries to go deep at moments um but i think at the end of the day that's just like not yeah what it's about. at the end of the day like at the end of the day the, the you know eggsy who's mm-hmm. our hero in this film who's played by um taron edgerton whose name is Eggsy, whose name is Eggsy, um, he, you know, at the end of the day, he got to stick it into the in, in into the Swedish princess's ass, you know, like, like that's at the end of the day, that was the goal. Like the movie tries to go deep at moments, and then you remember that the last shot is a bare ass. Yep, and you go, okay, okay. Well, the last the last shot is a bare ass with the POV of like Eggsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh God! Martin Strong is also in this, yes, and he is no Mark Strong. I was gonna say I don't know if his name is Martin, but I, don't, I didn't Martin. know his name for sure. So his I was name is like definitely not it. Martin. It is Mark Strong, <laughs> Stanley Tucci doppelganger lookalike man. A little bit like St- if Stanley Tucci were like more defined, more chiseled, yeah. and like stereotypically hot. Yes, yeah. then yes, but also no, uh, because <laughs> we know Stanley Tucci and we know the essence of Stanley we Tucci. Do. You can't replicate. That. You cannot replicate the Tucci. Uh, Mark Strong in this movie plays like the M. Like if this was a James Bond character, yeah, he yeah. plays like the M kind of. No, not the M character, but like the Q character, mm-hmm. the Quinn character. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. The computer guy. He's yeah. the fucking the guy in the chair. Yeah. That's his role. Well, that's why his name is Merlin, and that's yes. why he's Merlin because he's like the wizard. Yeah, so he's like the computer wizard. He yeah. like hacks into everything, um, and he he is a great. I would say like he is a wonderful like secondary tertiary character in this film yeah um but the real star of this film mm-hmm. is not taron egerton no and it's not mark strong no. it's colin firth it's colin fucking it's colin firth. firth do you want to know why it's colin firth? Uh, please tell me because this fucker is a is a kingsman secret service agent yeah and not only that but he's the calmest secret service agent <laughs> i ever done see i ever done see and not only that but he's the one who's referenced in the movie the most yeah he's the star change my mind he's just like he's so good at being composed like i fucking envy this guy he there are multiple fight scenes where he's like wiping out an entire room of people and his face doesn't fucking doesn't change. change but i will say mm-hmm I could, I feel like I could tell that this is the first time Colin Firth has ever felt like a badass. Yeah. And he's like drinking it up. Oh yeah. He's lapping it up like it's milk in a, yeah. in a bowl. Yeah. Because he, he gets to be himself, but the coolest fucking version of himself. And I don't know Colin Firth. I don't know how he feels about himself. To me, based off of his acting style and the characters he's gotten, it doesn't seem like Colin Firth thinks he's very cool. But he's in this movie. Great. Yeah he's cool as fuck he's so and i cool. think he felt it um one of the most iconic scenes in the movie is when he and eggsy first kind of meet 
and he bails Eggsy out of jail and mm-hmm. he takes him to a bar where there are a lot of people that like Eggsy like kind of hates slash they have it out for him. A lot of lads. A lot of lads, mates, if you will. Um, <laughs> and they're all at this, sorry, not bar, pub. Because they're in London. They're in South London. Um, you know, it's South London because it's... South London. South London. Uh, and it's how they all talk, eh, bruv? <laughs> um, and he is like really composed and he orders like a really lovely Guinness and he's just sitting and he has like, he's, and his MO is gentleman. Like his MO is gentleman before anything. Mm -hmm. And the, if you want someone to play a fucking gentleman, pick up the phone and call up Colin fucking first. Yeah. You better have his number because (laughs) if you don't, then you can't make your movie. Then you can't make your movie. (laughs) (laughs) If there's, if there's a movie coming out called the gentleman, Colin Firth better be in it was or there, else it's Was there not, not, not a good. movie called The Gentleman made by Guy Ritchie? Is that not that movie that you know came what? out? Uh, and did it do well? No. Do you want to know why it didn't do well? Colin Firth wasn't in it. I think it did do well. Okay, well, I, you know why I didn't go see it? Because Colin Firth wasn't in it. Quick pause. That movie, The Gentleman, which did did happen, is a Guy Ritchie movie. So, so good. Fucking loved it. Oh my God, get out of town. It couldn't have been good because Colin Firth wasn't in it. Colin Firth is a fucking gentleman in this movie. Yeah. And a lot of what this movie embodies is like the gentleman. What does a gentleman look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is composure yeah. and uh, manners. Yeah. And in the scene, he, Colin Firth is like, Colin Firth is like not a big guy. He's kind of lanky. He's tall, but How he's- How tall is he? He's, I'm gonna look it up while you- I know. think he might be like- either average height or really fucking tall let's take guesses give me your guess my guess is 5 11 6 2 baby he's 6 2 he's 6 2 6 wow. 1 and a half it looks like technically but yeah he's he's 6 2 okay he's a lanky guy he's Hugh a grant l- is 5 11 apparently oh wow he's the other one <laughs> he's the um, other one <laughs> but colin Frith specifically like he's a lanky guy but mm-hmm. he's not like he's not very no he doesn't have like a bulky big presence and so his because his presence is so um demure yeah (laughs) he doesn't seem like a threat no to all these lads in the pub who are fixing no foot exy um (laughs) fixing the roughy muff fixing fixing the roughy (laughs) muff I don't know if fixin is an English uh maybe it's like a prepping the (laughs) foot Um, anyway, they fuck each other up. Yeah. Uh, but they don't get a chance to technically because Colin Frith's character, who's Harry, I think. Harry Hart. Harry Hart. Um, he gets up and he's like, Galahad. Hello, friends. It is me, Colin Firth. I'm going to walk over to the door and shut it and lock it so I can fuck you up <laughs> Kingsman style. And then he goes like, manners maketh man and then he fucks them up <laughs> and the way that this scene is shot is like almost like a video game yes like the camera goes nuts i um, i'm real i want to see because i've been watching you know that instagram account the film zone oh yeah the film zone I- i've been watching their videos of like um stunt doubles and cameramen and stuff like that and like they how they get the shot someone shooting behind the scenes footage of the cameraman shooting the actual movie yeah it's so fascinating to me i would love to see one of this movie oh totally i I honestly I could I'm sitting here feeling like a dum dum. I cannot tell you how they did it. No, me, me um, neither. I don't know if they like strapped a camera to a robot and the robot just like, just like stayed on Colin Firth and yeah. everything around him. I don't I honest I 
I don't know. Maybe it was shot it slower and sped up. I literally, dude, when I truly no idea, I truly have no we idea. I don't know anything about cinematography. Don't know anything, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I what I can say mm-hmm. is Colin Frith's composure, yeah, forces him to be like, forces him to like have the upper hand because mm-hmm. of the element of surprise. Mm-hmm. So like the surprise being he can kick your fucking ass, uh, in the pub, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he can kill you in a second with his umbrella that uh is transparent but actually black on the outside but it's transparent on the inside and he can <laughs> block your bullets with his umbrella and that's it i <laughs> word i just like i i the only thing about this movie that i found myself questioning is that like i really need someone to explain the world to me a little better oh yeah because it is supposed to be the real world sure but like who the fuck is what what is this secret service agency that also isn't connected to the government that is somehow allowed to like fucking do vigilante justice to, with no consequences right so the way that it's explained in the movie is like colin firth is talking to Exy, who also has a question who's like well, who the fuck are you guys yeah um and harry hart mm-hmm. obviously played by colin firth galahad yes galahad's like okay so this is what i've been I mean, no, he doesn't have that accent. He's no, like, all right, posh. this is what happened. Um, <laughs> he basically goes on to say, like, during the war, and I don't necessarily think that they specify which war. I think it is World War Two mm-hmm. um, that they're talking about or World War One. I. I don't know my wars very well. I would guess it's... I don't know. It's one of the wars. <laughs> one of the wars yes. happened, and England obviously had a lot of men in it who were fighting and all the men who were very wealthy who like couldn't go out to fight mm-hmm. uh wanted to keep england safe mm-hmm. and so they poured all of their money into a secret service agency and like building all of that shit underground yeah. and like yeah, yeah. all those bunkers and like all all of that like gear all the spy gear mm-hmm um and they like they pooled all their resources together and like they were like obviously because they're really rich men they had like a bunch of like connections and resources to like other countries and stuff sure, and i sure. think because they had connections with the government the government were, was like all right you guys can have like your little secret service and like that's fine okay we'll let you as long as like crime and yeah. kill a lot of people as long as it's like privately funded <laughs> y'all are y'all are chilling uh so yeah that's kingsman the secret service as like the secret service okay i guess i kind i like slightly understand it a little bit more i don't know um i will say samuel l jackson i think is the perfect villain for this movie because (laughs) who is more opposite colin firth than samuel l jackson i agree (laughs) as both a character in this movie and as actors absolutely just like worlds away from they're each worlds other. away from each other it's almost like it's like it's like for, for lack of a better analogy night and day so <laughs> oil and water oil and water um <laughs> samuel i don't know whose idea it was to give sammy boy a lisp <laughs> i feel like he was just like uh hey, he needs a lisp. hey matthew vaughn can i have a lisp and he was like yeah mate and he's like you're samuel L. jackson of course you can uh and sammy boy <laughs> rolls up with a lisp and like he looks like a fucking like millennial asshole billionaire (laughs) when he is like that is never the guy he plays um and he's like and i love that the crux of the film is like climate change yeah yeah he's like there's too many people (laughs) i i don't i don't think that's enough motivation to uh have the entire world kill itself full disclosure or not disclosure but just like this movie 
is bananas. Yeah. Like to the point where the reason why we sound so rambly about it <laughs> is truly because the film itself <laughs> is crazy. It's bananas. It's bananas. There are scenes where a dog might get shot. Yeah. There are scenes where people are underwater trying to like breathe through toilet tubes. Yeah. There are scenes where eggs, someone's like about to have anal sex. There this, are scenes. The suits that they wear are bulletproof. I'm just supposed to believe that their suits are bulletproof. bulletproof. Uh, there are scenes where they have 3000 elevators in a hat shop. There are <laughs> scenes where it's like a giant party and everyone's heads explode really beautifully like fireworks there's a man literally sliced in half vertically with from a woman who has prosthetic legs that have knives knives. and her name is gazelle and it's just bizarre (laughs) and i just i guess i just want to point out the fact that the okay this is why we have to talk about colin firth for this movie and this is the only reason and i think i will honestly leave it at this yes in a world that is so chaotic uh-huh. as Kingsman, yes. the Secret Service, in in this world that 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 these writers and directors have built, right? Mm-hmm. Colin Firth remains a pillar of serenity <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, and to be able to do that when everything around you is just bizarre and like campy and crazy and cool and fun and and there's spies and there's villains and it's climate change and wow, sim cards. Colin Firth remains exactly who he is which is just a brilliant actor who internalizes all of it yeah and he remains a father figure and he remains a good man and i think that only colin firth could have done that in this film period yeah and i just be people love colin firth and i think that's why if people thought the movie was misogynistic i think it's a little classist personally (laughs) if anything it is um because it's like the only way of dealing with things is by being a gentleman. But like, you can only be a fucking gentleman if you have money, you assholes. I think it gets away with any of that because of Colin Firth. Because even though he's this British dude, this highfalutin British dude, he is still grounded and somehow relatable. And he feels familiar in a weird way. He feels very familiar. And he's, he is your hero in a world where you're kind of, introduced mm-hmm. to a million different people and obviously like eggsy in the beginning is kind of an anti-hero because he's also like a piece of shit but yeah. then like also wants to take care of his mom and then eventually becomes a hero hero yeah um in this movie colin firth in general i think embodies like the calm like the like the eye of the hurricane yeah even when he fucking murders an entire church full of people he still he doesn't calm. react no. he just goes I murdered all those people because he's like that was that was my directive and I don't know what happened to me and I just want to let you guys know that that I didn't want that like that is not something that I wanted yeah and he dies obviously um although spoiler alert in the he's sequel, in the second movie he's in the second movie because they pull some like campy bullshit where they're like we got the bullet in time we cryogenically froze your brain slash body That's and now you're alive the reason why yeah oh my um, god spy movies are crazy uh <laughs> I, I just I had so much fun with this movie. That's really all I wanted to say. It really is a fun movie. I didn't think I would like it because like I, you guys know, I don't like Marvel movies. You don't, don't like superhero movies. Don't like I don't like things where it's just like, I will save the day because of my powers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that that's interesting. I think I I'm, am, you know, an Anglophile. I'll admit that. Um, so I think the I'm fact in. that it was all British 
uh really it's so cool was, isn't it was great it was cool to see like all of the like british aspects of the film if that yeah. makes sense like they were all wearing like british clothes if that makes sense like, like i don't think i would like this movie if it was about <laughs> if it was set in america and it was just, just about like some american bro who was like <laughs> put on a suit and let's go fuck shit up let's like, put on a suit and like a cowboy hat <laughs> And instead of the dogs being like pugs and poodles, they're like German shepherds. Yeah. (laughs) And everyone wears aviators. Exactly. Uh, Um, Colin Firth is great in this. This is a really fun movie. I think this is like other. If you want to see Colin Firth have fun, though, watch Mamma Mia. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which obviously it's coming, guys. We know. We'll talk about Mamma Mia someday. We'll talk about it. It's just such it is such an important movie for the both of us. (laughs) In like the most insane way, yeah, yeah. That we just we, it cannot be a single person's movie. Like, it's impossible. You and you have to watch it for Colin Firth because, like, did you? He did that interview, the Inside the Actors Studio interview, yeah, yeah, yeah. and James Lipton always asked the question, like, mm-hmm. "What do you want God to say to you at the pearly gates?" And he yeah. he said that his was, "You were really quite good in Mamma Mia." <laughs> He has, he's just, he has such a great time in that movie. I was oh, going to so say, good. if you want to see Colin Firth have a good time, watch Kingsman. But then I caught myself and I was like, nah, peak, peak Colin Firth having a good time is in Mamma Mia. But this, you know, is a close second. If you want to see Colin Firth having fun in his Colin Firth way. Colin Firthy way. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So good. Anyway, that was Colin Firth. That was Colin Firth. Um, I love, I love him. We love him. Uh, he's so cute. We hope he's well. We hope Supernova is good. Go see that. Uh, not really sure when it comes out. Otherwise, I would tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a question for this week, Monica? Yeah, let me just pull it out. It's by Anonymous. Oh, this is a saucy question. Oh, no. Which actor has been rightfully canceled that you wish was still around? <laughs> okay. No. Before Okay, I have a very specific answer. Uh, yeah. And before I say it, I do want to sort of like put out a disclaimer here that just because we talk about liking someone for their craft and their artistry does not mean that we wish that they weren't canceled. (laughs) Yeah. I think that I I, I just, I want to point out there that, you know, Mm -hmm. we, both of us always believe women. Yes. Not only that, but we always believe survivors. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't make any sense um, for us to answer this question and not say that so i i just wanted to quickly add yeah it's not like we don't think they should have been canceled it's just there are in in this world there are actors and filmmakers and just people in hollywood Mm -hmm. that we admire and respect for their career slash their artistry and craft yeah and uh they made some good fucking movies and my guy is kevin spacey (laughs) yeah um that's a big that's a big one that's a big one uh i do not wish that he wasn't canceled but i do wish he was i wish it had i wish he was a different person (laughs) i wish that he didn't do bad things i wish that he didn't do bad things yeah uh because quite frankly kevin spacey is used to be Mm -hmm. honestly one of my favorite actors of all time sure uh he wasn't he was incredible i talk about him like he died just because that's easier for me to like process Uh um he was so good he my favorite production of all time Mm -hmm. was filmed um it's called now it's a it's a movie about the transcontinental tour of richard the third with kevin spacey directed by sam Mm mendez uh and it is his performance in that literally transcended space and time (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, and it makes me sad that he is the person that he is. Yeah. Uh, without excusing his behavior, I do wish he was still around. Yeah. Not as the person that he is. Yeah. Um, mine's a little... Uh, I'm not going to say controversial because that's not what I mean by it. My, I'm going to say Johnny Depp and I'm going to asterisk this with, mm-hmm. I don't, Johnny Depp hasn't fully been canceled. Right. The narrative has shifted because at first it was canceled Johnny Depp, canceled Johnny Depp. He's abusive, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. There have been more findings that there is less and less evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the narrative has shifted that, a lot of what happened either didn't happen or didn't happen in the same way that it was relayed um, by Amber Heard. By Amber Heard. Mm-hmm. And I'm certainly not sitting here saying Amber Heard is a liar because I don't know. Um, I think there's there's a lot. It's it's kind of like a he said, she said thing. At it's this a complicated point. issue. Yeah, it's a really complicated issue. And I just i wish that i could talk about him because i love him as an actor so much and as an artist Mm -hmm. without that without having to go like well maybe this did actually happen absolutely am i allowed to talk about him if if that did actually happen but how can i ever know for sure that it did or did not absolutely um you know it's just it's it's complicated so i wish uh, like like you wish with kevin space i just wish circumstances were different obviously absolutely um even though he hasn't been like totally canceled but you know but still there is that sort of like tinge of yeah like, like every I, time i thought, I thought a couple times down. been like maybe we can do a johnny depp episode but i'm like can we when we don't know for sure yeah. I, I don't know um in the same vein as like we could never do a jeff and spacey episode no. or like a woody allen episode not that honestly i like woody allen all that much uh but like we would never be able to do an episode like that featuring sure. someone like that because of those reasons. Sure. I I think it gets down to, especially with Woody Allen. Oh God, this is getting so political. I know. Um, some of these are allegations and whether or not we know they're true, it still taints their reputation, their reputation and their work and therefore makes it them difficult to discuss. Precisely. Um, so whether or not you like actually believe certain things or think that Woody Allen should be canceled or not, because like he hasn't entirely been, um, I know a lot of people just like steer away from him now, but I mean, he's still fucking making movies. I know. I'm like, (laughs) I I was just about to say like the man's still making making movies. I don't even know why. So, I mean, like, truly, who knows? But it would make it still difficult for us, at least, to to talk about. So. Yeah, especially just as, like, women navigating the world, it's really difficult to talk about mm-hmm. specifically men who have been, you know, for lack of a better phrase, like, me too mm-hmm. in Hollywood because, you know, your experience walking as a woman in the world, as a woman in the world, is, like, really difficult and really different. Mm-hmm. Um, I very recently saw, like, a... a a TikTok mm-hmm. <laughs> that was like, if men were gone for a night or something, like what would you be able to do? And it's things that are really simple, like yeah. be able to like walk down the street without holding my keys in my hand or like to be able to like drink whatever I want at a bar. Mm-hmm. These are things that are so simple yeah. yet women are not able to do them <laughs> freely in the world like to be able to walk into an elevator and not feel like the smallest person in the elevator and like at any point in time like someone could attack me Mm -hmm. and no one would know like i think that a lot of the time 
talking about these kinds of films from these like canceled actors is Mm -hmm. really difficult specifically because we're women yeah so word to that baby exactly i mean that was a good question though it really made me think it really made me think too i mean again unfortunately what used to be like we're talking like my favorite actor of all time yeah i'm really sad that he is the way that he is and that's never gonna change and that's the problem yeah (sighs) well what a day so monica what are you dabbling in i've been pickling things (laughs) (laughs) what have you pickled uh i've been pickling red onions Uh, i've been pickling cucumbers aka making pickles (laughs) amazing um i really um ever since i stopped watching bon appetit because of racism um i wanted to i used to like brad leone and his his whole thing is like fermented Mm -hmm. pickled things yeah i wanted a piece of the pie Mm -hmm. uh and i decided to start my own pickling journey okay and so i've just been pickling things lately oh that's fun it makes my apartment smells like vin it smells like you know vinegar but sure it's fine i mean that's okay vinegar tends to like kill the scent of other bad things so yeah well that's fun sorry and tasty <laughs> um i've been dabbling in watching like revisiting musicals a lot lately oh incredible so like at the beginning of quarantine i decided to make a spotify playlist of every song from every musical that i like oh incredible so like there are some musicals that i haven't seen and a lot of like i don't have a lot of newer musicals on there like i don't have like like in hades town or some shit like that because i haven't heard the soundtrack because i haven't seen it you mean you haven't seen hades town yeah (laughs) i saw hades (laughs) with the original cast in new york on what do you say broadway (laughs) but anyway so it's just like a master playlist of every musical theater song that i like Um, um and i sing it along to it in my car a lot and then as a result i've been watching a lot more musicals lately so i ordered like the dvds of into the woods like like the filmed stage version oh i have that dvd and sunday in the park with george i have that dvd company i don't have that dvd that shit's hard to find man i had to to get it from a goodwill i was gonna say like didn't you get it from like a fight like some backwards way Mm -hmm. it cost me like 35 dollars but it was worth it because it's my favorite it is your favorite she loves company guys i love it it's a great musical um but yeah so i've been revisiting those lately and uh brings me sparks so much joy that is such a blessing thank you we thank love you. we love musicals in this house we love, we love movie musicals we love stage musicals we love film stay stage tuned for musicals. inevitable musical episode incredible <laughs> all righty all righty well that was colin firth that was colin firth and also some spice right at the end oh yeah <laughs> in case anyone ever wanted to know how we feel about specific people in oh, Hollywood. Boy. uh but you still you know what you still love us right yeah right you're still listening yeah, right you, you've gotta brilliant all right and with that said as always don't, don't sue us daddy favreau bye fancy web friends goodbye